Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. So we're at, uh, we're on Valencia Street. This is the San Francisco chapter of the Dumdy Dummers um, on the west coast of the United States. And of course, every auspicious occasion where Dumdy Dummers meet, we do one thing. What is that, Laura? What do we do? We sing the song. I like that. We sing the song. <laughs> so wherever you are in the That's world, fun. salute. After three. One, two, three. Right you are. Fire away. Oh sorry. I will. Alright, because this is Dumpty Dum. A show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the Bijou Shepherd's Hut, that is Roy Field Brown Esquire, and with me I have the potting shed on wheels, that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our celebration, folks, is you. Now, today's Dumpty Dum is from the San Francisco chapter of the Dumpty Dummers, because you know what? That's where I still am, folks. I am in California. A-A-A-A. I didn't quite say that right, but we'll leave that in. And um, I am not. You're not, are you? Lucy, it, the sun is... Oh, be- shut up. Ha- Just... What's it like in London? <laughs> Brilliantly sunny. There are people wandering around in shorts and, you know... February. Yes. yes. Are they Australians? Yes. Yeah. And um, uh, it's bu- yeah, beautiful blue skies and people sunbathing in the park. That's well, what it's like. When you should say that, because just like that in the Bay Area right now. <laughs> but Lucy. Yes. We don't want this to turn into a weather forecast. We did that last time. We didn't did, we? yes. We're so British. <laughs> Can you remind our listeners how that when the accolade of dumb, de dumb, rubber, we get into that point where we, we run out of new ones again. Are we? we? Need- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. we need some fresh ones. We need you'll need to go to another country to drum up a load of enthusiasts. Ooh. Funny you should say that. I'm going to be in uh, Canada next week. Okay. 
If you'd like to sing us a dumpty dum, give us a plot prediction, or get snarky at a wedding, then ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on Speakpipe. Thanks to lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Thanks also to Derek for loaning the back bedroom. Uh, he's got all enthusiastic. Kate was talking to him about her therapy centre. So he's booked himself in for some key gong and special fried rice. That's good. I, I, that, that was good. very good, Lucy. Very good. <laughs> I, I, I like that quip. Right. Now, before we start, folks, we've talked about this before and uh, it's kind of just about ready. You, dear listener, can go onto our website and book your place for the Dum De Dum Town Twinning. It's Ambridge meets Merriwell in Easter 2016. And the dates are Friday, March 25th to Monday the 28th. Now, before we go on, this isn't a sanctioned dum-de-dum-do per se. Um, this a dum-de-do! It's a dum-de-don't. It's not yes. a dum-de-do, it's a dum-de-don't. Or, or even a dum-de-dog. It's not yeah. one of those. No. Um, this is a great uh, caller in at Jacqueline Berto, who well, I think we all know lives in Saint-Gouin, which is in Brittany, in, in the north of France, who has basically said, do folks want to come over, hang out, and, uh, you know, and kind of do stuff over there during, during Easter? All the instructions are on our website. Um, however, if you've got any questions about the minutiae of any of this, uh, Jacqueline's email is also on that page. But here goes, folks. So you'd need to get yourself to Portsmouth for a Brittany Ferry crossing, which you need to sort out between yourselves and obviously Brittany Ferries. Then the cost per participant is 110 quid, including the price uh, is transferred from San Malo for the weekend, and that's its fuel costs. Uh, dinner and drinks, snacks, and aperitif with village dignitaries. You get also you get some food on Saturday night. You get two breakfasts on Sunday and Monday. There's loads of things kind of thrown in here, and then return transport to San Malo on Monday morning. And of course, your accommodation is in with that. So it's absolutely a smashing price. It's £110. So quite simply, if you want to check out the the full itinerary of the Dum De Dum town twinning, go on to dumdedum.com. It is there. Any questions, don't aim them in my direction or Lucy's. This is between you and Jacqueline Berto. But a big thumbs up to you um, if you decide to go. And I hope that you all have a wonderful time. On this week's episode, we have calls from Claire from Clapham, who's worried about Helen rejecting help. Andrew Horn, who is irony spotting Scarlet Sparrow, who's worried about Krusty. Hannah Clark, who has a way of getting rid of Rob and Tony at once. Mrs M, who's married to a Rob. Jacqueline Berto, who's sick of hearing about Brighton. Kat Brown, who's furious with Pat. Dusty Substances, who's got the wrong sort of germs, and Dan, 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 bringing up the rear. It's Cosmo, who's disappointed in Brian. But first, before the caller in us, before the tweets of the week, before we say, Lucy, you got any parting shots? And she goes, no. <laughs> it's Lucy V. Freeman and a week in Ambridge. <laughs> Ian is thinking of bringing out a menu that's not too radical. You don't want to frighten the punters, he said. So that's scampi and chips rather than scampi and jacket. We then entered week three of Charlie's leaving with Adam chasing him round the village (laughs) like Benny Hill if Charlie had been dressed as a nurse in suspenders with low self-esteem. 
Actually, he could well have been. Meanwhile, his father-in-law, Brian, is being courted by Justin about returning to the BL board. How exciting, trilled Jennifer. Oh, it's not exciting, Jennifer. Rich bossy man gets thrown out of a group of other rich bossy men and gets invited to come back in again to replace the only rich bossy woman. It just means we have to sit through lots more meetings and Stephen Ruddy Chalkman and Damara sodding capital. Rob is still playing shops. He sold Adam some vastly overpriced flavoured amaretti biscuits. Flavoured with what? Amaretti, surely. Then Rob got a bit bored, so he wandered around kicking things and decided the next thing he was going to do was dump some of Tom's sausages. Woo! The sausage wars. Tom's mm. sausages <laughs> and Helen's cheese. Who knew Titchy Knob's demise would come via the dilly counter? Black pudding scotch eggs sell like hotcakes, said Tom, mixing his metaphors enthusiastically, but not as enthusiastically as Adam. He seemed to be describing his relationship with Charlie at one stage as being like roast lamb. If I can join in this metaphor party, chaps, the thing is, Adam, if you leave things on a low simmer for too long, they tend to go mushy and fall apart. Just saying. More of the <laughs> ludicrous wedding we don't care about, and we still don't care about it, although it did provide us with the opportunity to witness Emma's desperate hope that Krusty would somehow blot her copybook and accidentally put her boot through the cake or set fire to the vicar. We had a weird interlude with an unknown stamper who opened the door very loudly, stamped across the room, got shouted at by everyone and stamped back out again. It's the person from Porlock. The unknown stamper should be on the BAFTA shortlist, I reckon. The Snells had considered a mural for their bathroom, apparently. Dear God, Robert in the nude, rising from the foam on a half shell of hypoallergenic buckwheat, holding scruff aloft. <laughs> they may wish they'd actually opted for that when they see the massive bosh Eddie's going to make of this shepherd's hut. Eddie building her a shepherd's hut. For goodness sake, Linda is the most cynical consumer in the world, as if she'd let Eddie build her a Wendy house. Dan is keen on getting into the rugby team, so Toby the Tosser is training him, mostly trying to stop Dan getting overly engaged in the scrum. Maybe he's looking for Dorothy down everyone's shorts. It's small, <laughs> but it's growing, said Toby, wittering on about eggs in an effort to seduce Pip. And unfortunately, Matthew, who Pip decided would love nothing more than watch the brothers attempt to insinuate themselves into her gusset. The Fair Brethren's new plan <laughs> is grass-fed eggs for people who go to the gym at weekends. They're bloody geniuses, these boys. They'll have a big field with lots of little eggs pottering around, backwards and forwards, and then the eggs will have chickens, which will mow the grass. I am the new agricultural correspondent, by the way. Tom has gone completely bonkers and believed Joe's nonsense that the special ingredient in black pudding is tea leaves, whereas we all really know black pudding is made up principally of corn plasters. And the Cider Club met again in the new Grange Farm Shed. It's all right. The new Grange Farm Shed sounds really like the old Grange Farm Shed. Anyway, to hell with the government's guidelines on units and hurrah for the Grundy world of alcoholism, one of the village's greatest traditions. The end. Oh, I liked it this week. Quite enjoyed that. Though I needed to pull you to task about that Stephen Chalkman reference. He left the BL board when he's scarpered off and left Matt in the shithole years ago. Well, he might come back, mightn't he? No, no. Mm. His name is mud around the BL board. I so wouldn't have him back. No, 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 no. Okay. All right, that was then. a proper blast from the past, though, and you said uh, Stephen Chalkman. I thought, oh, God, yeah, Chalky. Matt. Chalky, well, yeah. Well, that's why poor old Matt ended up in prison. Yeah. See, notice yeah. how quickly I'm now saying poor old Matt. It's amazing how <laughs> English people have this kind of ability to just sympathise with someone who's been to prison, you know, just because they're a nice person, even though they actually did something hugely illegal. Mm. Somehow financial irregularities don't count, do they? Well, 
it's white collar crime, isn't it? If it's no, white collar, was... it's not. It's not really crime. Yes, but look at what he was doing to those poor old people. That was horrible. So now I should hate him for that, really. You should. Yeah. However, they weren't Grundies, so you don't really care. As long as people aren't doing things against your old Grundies, you know, water off a duck's back to you. And also, I'm going to mm. take to task about you talking about that wedding and mm. saying no one cared. I absolutely cared, and not because of my Fallon fixation. And this is, and here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. Um, Mike Hatton does his uh, statistics, character yeah. statistics. And they're absolutely a revelation. So we are getting crowded out about the whole uh, Robin Helen storyline. Yeah. And as everybody says, it casts a dark shadow over all of the goings on. But Helen and Rob are never the the characters who are in the most episodes. They're actually not. No. But it's just the emotional weight that kind yeah. of clouds everything yeah. out. So for me, it was light relief to have that wedding and then to remember that Emma is incredibly insecure. Yeah. That you had some character yeah. um, reaffirmment, for want of a yeah. better word. You know, so she wasn't, it wasn't just a part where she said, oh, Ed, can you go and get me this or do that? And now is Kira. There was actually some character interplay. Yeah. You saw Kirsty being smart. You see Fallon, you saw Fallon being diplomatic and getting stuff done. She wasn't and, massively diplomatic, actually. Oh, no, well, she said, "Girls, we did a great job, and we pulled it off." She, no, but, no. Wait, but she she kept she put Emma down twice in front of Kirsty, and anyone that anyone that knows Emma, as we do, obviously, right? Um, we sound like mm. those those lunatics that shout at Kerry Davis. Like, I think I think you'll find we know more than you do, Kerry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're at it again oh, this week no, no, he ended up on twitter he ended up on twitter saying look if jess has if jess has accepted it's not rob's baby why can't you he was going yeah. <laughs> i did have to look at uh tgs i went what the hell's that oh for god's sake yes <laughs> <laughs> Poor he's Uncle gonna god. give himself an embolism if he goes on like this he's got to stop but... rising to the bait hasn't he Derek, Derek was very <laughs> diplomatic, wasn't he? He did weigh in and he, he actually said, if Uncle God Carey says it so, that's good enough yes. for me. Yeah, he did. Yeah, good old Derek. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think she was massively diplomatic. I think anyone that knows um, uh, uh, Emma knows that you kind of, she does, she needs a lot of nurturing. She's high maintenance and she mm. can't just get on with it in the way that, um, you would expect Kirsty to rub along, or Fallon to just, you know, rub along together. Um, yeah, it's... but at what point, especially, you know, you're in this high-pressured circumstance, you're servicing a wedding, you can't think about the minutiae of people's feelings all of the time. Whatever Fallon did... But this was afterwards. Was... This was in the bit where they were having the champagne afterwards. And Emma oh, said, yeah. did they say they liked the food? And she said, you know they did, Emma. And I thought, oh, just... Give in to her. Just go, yes, they really, well done, well done, you well done. You know what, Luce? As I've said before, your emotional intelligence is somewhat higher than mine. And you picked up on that and I didn't. I was too busy listening to that episode while I was walking down Geary Street in San Francisco with the sun on my back. Oh, shut your face. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was clearing up some dogs. There, I was clearing up some dog sick by the fridge. That's what I was ah. doing when I heard that episode. So that was nice. Talking <sighs> about dogs. Yeah. Gosh. I know. We've got dumpty dogs coming out of our ears. Yes. The millions and of the buggers. 
there are hordes of the things there are and there will be a roll call of the dumpty dogs the hashtag dumpty dogs uh next week there is just so many that i couldn't <laughs> um kind of get them on the list but i spent people... the whole week on twitter going oh look oh look <laughs> every time a new one came in they're so lovely no they are and um we have yet another class of a dumpty dump listener, though I'm not so sure that all of these dumpty dogs actually are really listeners. Do you to think they, you and do I you think they don't really listen? Mm. Mm. Yes, I, I, I'm not so sure. However, I love it, love it, love it. And yes, <laughs> uh, is it dumpty claws for the cats or dumpty paws? I don't, I don't know. But you know, there's all these people tweeting, "What about the cats? What about the rabbits?" <laughs> you know, it's like, the British and the kind of eccentric love of, of animals, I don't know. But it, it's been hard. We'll start getting rude letters from the guinea pig lobby next. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <sighs> right. So um, after that. Callie, callies. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Hello, Dumpty Dum. Uh, my name's Claire, and I'm a first-time caller in the row, and I haven't got a really clever name, but I am in Clapham. So I can be Claire from Clapham. That's Clapham, Bedfordshire, not Clapham, South London. Uh, I wanted to call in and agree with New York Nigel about Rob and Helen. I will preface this by saying that I hate Rob. He makes my skin crawl. The reality of this storyline, painful as it is to listen to, is that it, these things play out over a very long period of time. And actually, one of the most important things that we know about kind of these kinds of domestic abuse situations is that you know babies coming along makes a real difference, and there's often a very marked escalation of bad behaviour. Uh, once babies have arrived, and I'm assuming that that's going to be what happens here. Um, I kind of agree also that no one will rescue Helen until Helen's ready to recognise the problem and be rescued. Um, And I suspect that a more realistic outcome will be that people will make perhaps some fudged attempts to rescue Helen that she'll knock back. uh, And it'll only be when she's ready to be rescued that something will happen. Uh, And as a quick aside, I also can't see the point of the fair brethren. Claire from Clapham which is not mm. London Clapham, it is Bedfordshire Clapham. I didn't oh, know there it's... was one. Yes, I, I discovered that to my cost a few years ago. You didn't go to a meeting at the wrong one, did you? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, I had a conversation with somebody who said they're from Clapham, and I went, oh, you used to live in Clapham, and I was wittering on about it, and went, no, the one in Bedfordshire. I went, oh, right. just, <laughs> just slightly embarrassed. I was like, oh, oh, I love Clapham, it's the only place in South London I'd actually move to, blah, 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 blah. And they went, no, you asked. But anyway, go on. Claire. That's like my friend who was at a party and met this woman and she said um, she worked in um, uh, the field of astrophysics in Mm -hmm. in Houston. And he said, "Uh, are you just here? Are you here for a holiday? And she said, no, I'm, you know, I I, I, I sort of I'm I'm here quite a lot. And they chatted and he said, so you must notice a temperature distant difference. And she said, no, Houston. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> and they'd had like a 20 minute conversation with him treating her as if she'd you know just landed in a space rocket anyway um she says the reality of the storyline is that 
Helen is going to reject help. I'm not so sure now. I think she would reject help because she would think that it was going to get worse. That the situ- that she would rather not put anyone else at risk. I think that's the reality of it. I think she would tell people not to get involved, and she'll she'll also be feeling uh, guilty and stupid. I would imagine forget or foolish anyway, forgetting herself as she. I'm not saying this is she's right, but I'm saying this is how she'd perceive it that she has let herself get into this situation and and is now stuck and all that uh and she's put henry at risk and all that so it's kind of a you know save yourself thing i think from from my thankfully limited experience uh of 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 reading about this sort of stuff and everything um part of the problem is that the abuser has convinced the abused that somehow they're doing something to cause this and they're doing it repeatedly and it's something innate in their nature that is allowing the abuser to continue and if the abused didn't want it they wouldn't keep perpetuating the perceived behaviour. Um, and I think that's, yeah, I'd imagine that's where that's where Helen is. But there are some tough women in Ambridge who hopefully can overcome that. Mm. And I think also what we need to remind ourselves is that Helen, though on the on on the surface is a uh, a competent uh, businesswoman, she's always been racked with. Uh, a lack of self-worth that was yeah. the whole greg thing that yeah. was the anorexia way way back when and those thoughts and feelings have never gone away and she doesn't feel that she's worthy actually of love she hasn't no. so if you remember before she met rob she had that very brief relationship with somebody who she met in felpersham on, on a night out and he just ran a mile uh you know after yeah. like a couple of weeks so she's she's grasping she's grasped for love and for affection. Um, partly one of the reasons why she, she then had the IVF. Then she has she bumps into Rob, and you know the start when when she came back married, she kept on saying, "Oh, he really loves me. and He looks after me," and that was genuine, and it was like a palpable yeah. sense of yeah. belief. Though she still mouths it now, she knows it's not mm. just that. It's not love. That he's, you know, it's not love that it is mm. um, kind. Of, it is it is control, and and I think and I hope that what we're gonna have when this storyline kind of plays out to its logical conclusion is that she isn't just this kind of shattered woman. Mm. That she will be part of her um, a part of her exit out of this will be that she rediscovers the fact that, you know, she has self-worth. So she hasn't just been rescued. Yeah. That I think she's making tentative signals actually to Kirsty that something is wrong and that it isn't just, you know, Kirsty or Kirsty and Tom or Kirsty, Tom, Pat, you know, a combination of all of the, you know, any of the three that come in and in inverted commas rescue her, that she actually does confront Rob. Because we've seen that on a few occasions. She has actually said no to him on mm. occasion. Mm. You know, so I but just But did, did you hear yesterday's? I did. Yeah. I did, which flies in the face, really, of what, of what I'm saying. But it's... The, the great thing is... No, that was, an, that was a definite accelerate. I mean, we won't talk about it. Yes. But yeah, it was, yeah, that was a definite yeah. acceleration, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, a- Absolutely. And you know that she is actually completely now cognizant and aware of the predicament that mm. she's in. But yeah, that's that's for next week. Um, nice to hear from a first time caller in, right? Yes. Mm. Yes. 
did she did she go through all of the checklists <laughs> she didn't god love her but then you know she probably had things to do <laughs> um... <laughs> greetings earthlings andrew horn here i'm going to keep my comments just to wednesday's episode because it was a joy in itself unfortunately we had the prince of darkness uh with his mixed up thinking um i want to treat you like a princess yet you've got to buy your clothes at a charity shop um, you can't spend any money because I won't get my own job to look after you like a princess. I want to steal yours. Mm. And Tom, Tom, you should have come back as him. You make sausages and associated products for the whole of Borchester and beyond, not just for his shop, as he now refers to it. Anyway, the real joy about yesterday was the wedding piece and the interplay between the three girls. At first, I wondered about why was Emma so insecure, and I was sort of perplexed about this. But then I actually realised she's actually she is quite jealous. We've seen this before. She's jealous of Nick's relationship with Clary. She's jealous of all sorts of things, and I think it is another form of jealousy, and jealous of Kirsty um, muscling in. I have to say. It must have been great for Fallon to have someone with initiative, someone who just got on with things and wasn't so needy around. So I can understand why Fallon would be happy. But the best point of the whole episode, Kirsty as a saver of a wedding. The irony in it had me chortling. Andrew Horn now, who is is of your view, he loved the the chatty chat between Krusty, Emma and Fallon. But the thing I was thinking about why Emma would feel threatened by Krusty... And Krusty, we've got to stop calling her that because she's too nice to be called Krusty. Um, you know, she's a self-made woman. She's lived away from home. She's young. She's signal. She's signal single. She's got no ties. She's she's living the life that Emma, if she hadn't been such a sort of a plodder, could have had if you know under different circumstances. So Emma no, is, and this is this is your your thing. Emma is completely and utterly aware of the class divide yeah. between her and Fallon yeah. and or the, the aspirational divide yeah. anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Kirsty, that's yeah. what it's all about. Because yeah. there's this line also in that episode where she says, don't laugh at the Grundies. Yeah. You yeah. Know, so she was, it, yeah, she, she, she rapid, she went very fast to Eddie's defence, didn't she? Yes, when Fallon she said, till it all goes wrong. And she said, he won't make a mess of it or something. He wouldn't leave yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, then no, you know she's please. she's she's seen her mum trapped in the in the kind of this this endless uh, panicky desire to move up the social thing and being completely social construct and being completely frustrated every mm. time that she can't break through, even though her son has married an Aldridge and all that. Mm. Yeah, no, no, completely, completely. Hello, you two. Scarlet Sparrow here. I'm getting quite worried about Kirsty. I'm concerned that either Rob, Emma or Haley is going to bump her off or do her some serious damage with a black pudding. I think it will be Rob if it is. And I think Helen is now so scared of Rob that she will help him bury Kirsty somewhere about the farm where she'll be discovered years later after her mysterious disappearance. Well, I am hope I'm wrong because I do like Kirsty, but hey-ho. Uh, Scarlet Sparrow. Mm-hmm. Um, Krusty is, is now making enemies. She says she's she's um, she's the Ambridge uh, number one target for Rob, Helen, and Emma. Now um, I'm just worried about Krusty's voice because she's getting throatier and throatier and squeakier and squeakier. And um, yes, uh, when she gets excited, it gets even worse. 
Uh, Scarlet Sparrow actually rang twice. The second time was to say that she was post-Doris and pre-Antrobus. But unfortunately, the call quality was really dodgy, Scarlet. I don't know where you were, mm. but you sounded as if you were under some sort of train. So um, we couldn't oh, use God. it. But uh, anyway, yes. Um, yes, I love Krusty. I really do. Um, oh, she's we? bright and she's funny and she's doesn't take herself too seriously and she stands up for people and I love her. No doubt she'll do something to irritate me later on, but at the moment, I love her. Well, can I just say, on the crusty front, yeah. right, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to... Who's got a crusty front? <laughs> uh, it was Not Contrary, Mary Not Contrary, who reminded people on the forum of the fact that uh, Kirsty has been jilted by Tom twice yeah and yeah. i'd forgotten about that that brenda was just in between wasn't she yeah so in well, well, d- terms who was he hang on the the, the 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 buyer the supermarket buyer was he with crusty then or was no he was with crusty wasn't he yeah exactly yeah he was with crusty and then he goes off with the supermarket buyer to try and you know forward his sausages if you get me <laughs> and uh... <laughs> Yeah, the Underwoods uh, sausage. He thrust his procurer. sausage upon her and yeah. she was helpless. So he, he does the dirty on her then. Mm. That all goes kasplat. Mm. He picks up with Brenda afterwards. Mm. Uh, that all goes kasplat. And then he goes, Kirsty, it's me and you again. And she says, and she doesn't she say something like, I always knew you'd come back. Or we were, There was some line. <laughs> yeah. So actually, in soap terms, it's all about Tom and yeah. Kirsty again. There yeah. will be a third time. Do you know? Do you know what it did? That has made me think. You know, mm. that is one of the grave disadvantages of of living in a very small village and having contemporaries the same age as you. Because I mean, talk about sloppy seconds, flipping heck. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> everybody: Ed, Fallon, Emma, Will, Ed, Fallon, Emma, Will, Kirsty, Tom, and Brenda have basically. It's just been this kind of, um, you know. Uh, you know, it does actually make you ga- think. Gap year it, into shag going on and you sort of think, blimey, we need some fresh, fresh blood that, in here, surely. And that's before we do the whole Brian and who is dipped in Yeah. Dipped in mm. But <laughs> it's, um, yeah, but I mean, I don't think I would be comfortable being best friends with somebody who I know had bumped uglies with, you know, so, Someone Is that I'd the just... reason why you ran out and left your village and went to a big <laughs> metropolis? No, everyone in my village is about 153. That's why. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's it it, it does some because sometimes I think, oh, that's nice. Fallon and um, Fallon and Ed sound like they're getting on well, and then I think, oh, well, yes, I know. <laughs> they are, aren't they? Yes. And, oh, look, here's because did Fallon and Fallon and Tom were no. They no. weren't ever together, were they? they, they no, no, no. Well, that's the only it's just Fallon, thing and, that has Fallon and Ed. Then there was Fallon and the guy in the at the bar, wasn't there? Which yeah. were, kind of went nowhere fast. He was Welsh, whatever the hell his name was. Reese. Reese. There you go. Reese from Wales. Yes. Mm. Right. Enough of that. Hannah Clark, mother of Dumpty Diddler and owner mm-hmm. of Betty. Hi, this is Hannah Clark. I'm a first-time caller in I'm mother of Dumpty Diddler Harry Clark, and I also have a Dumpty dog, Betty. Um, I've been listening to The Archers since birth, I think, and the first storyline I remember was Brian and Siobhan. 
Um, so, what do I think? I'm loving this week, Kirsty and um, Emma's bitchiness. I thought that was excellent. And I also have a plot prediction. I'd like Rob to find out what Toby did in Brighton. And then Toby can kill Rob. Toby will end up in prison and we'll get rid of both of them. So that's it from me from now. Um, I'm no longer a lurker. I am now a proper caller in era. Yes. If Toby, if Rob could find out what Toby did in Brighton, attempt to blackmail him and they both went to prison, that would be excellent. Um, however, I think Rob is only keen to find out stuff and exploit it if it means that it increases his control over Helen. I don't think he likes knowing stuff. He likes to put on his superior. Oh, it's just village nonsense. <laughs> the hideous bloody, um, uh, you know, this little chuckle thing, punchable chuckle. So he thinks he's all above all that, doesn't he? Um, and he's only really interested in village gossip when it means it gives him sort of um, leverage over over anyone connected with Helen. Uh, and well done, Hannah, on graduating from lurker school to becoming a fully fledged caller in That's very exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you think Toby did in Brighton? Well, we briefly touched on what I think he did last week, but it's obviously some kind of drugs and some ne'er do wells. But I, I must admit, though, I'm now sold on the Fair Brothers. I don't really so much care about this dragging out what they did in Brighton. I'd just rather just hear it because, and this was Scott Matthewman who on a post really summed up the reason why, because uh, there, there is a schism between um, Archer's listeners. There are those that want the plots and this is what's happening and this is being driven by the fact that we need to get from A to B, the plot. Then there are, and I think it's the majority who are just into the characters. Yeah. I like, I'm starting to warm to Rex and Toby as two brothers who are actually quite different. I don't so much care about the the plot device of him having to go off to Brighton and then disappear for a few days. You know, I'm, I'm mildly interested, but... I do you just think, quite do you think hmm. we would li- do you think that you and I would listen if it was literally no plot if it was just I let's, think, ha- let's have a listen in to the home farm kitchen then let's go and have a drive yes. around with Jazza and the milk I, van I, and... I seriously think <laughs> I think would, we would. would yeah I, think I don't like plot, lose, really I think they'd probably lose 30% of the <laughs> listeners but they'd have the, the hardcore would still be there because all this stuff about Auntie Christine and her hard scones, scones and yeah. whatever no, now, what's business. that about? But we yeah. all re- but we all remember it and we chuckle yeah. about it. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's the characters that we're concerned in, concerned with, and you know, I couldn't give a rat's ass really about about the plot. Hence, Andrew Horn and I are saying, love the wedding. Yeah, loved it because yeah. it reminded us that Emma has these deep seated insecurities that she doesn't quite feel as smart and as sophisticated. There was there was a, an episode a couple of years ago when she was talking about kind of velour tracksuits and whatever and, and stuff. And if you look at her, you know, she is, we know that she's, you know, becoming independent and she's getting a lot of kind of self-worth from that. But she's constantly reminded that she isn't, you know, she doesn't know the right wine. There was a line about wine and stuff, wasn't there? Yeah. Again, in, in, that, in that episode. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Yeah. Where that's going to take us, I don't really know. But I love <laughs> care. Emma. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, love her. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, we've now got a call which made absolutely stop me in my tracks. Uh-oh. Which was uh, Mrs. M. Okay. Hello, Royfield, Lucy and Dumpty Dummers around the world. I am Mrs. M and I am a first-time caller in You can probably tell from my accent that I live not too far from Archer's country. In fact, I work in Worcester, which I believe is meant to be Felpsham in the Archers. Another indirect link I have with the Archers is that I was married to a Rob. The storyline that struck a chord with me this week was about the maternity tops. I realised after I'd left my husband that I hadn't chosen my own clothes independently for 17 years. And yet at the time, it all seemed so reasonable. I've been listening to The Archers for about 10 years, which I do realise makes me a newbie. I hope to call in again. Bye-bye. Mrs M, I am so glad that you have said, uh, you've used the past tense, that you were married to a Rob. Um, mm. And I agree. I think the um, the him making her buy second-hand maternity tops when he spent 10 minutes preening in front of the mirror commenting on how he still fitted into his hunting outfit that he'd had for you know 20 years or whatever just vile uh i am so glad that you are no longer married to a rob um and yeah it that was a really startling call which which uh yes brought it home to me again um but yes hurrah he is an ex-rob good 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 yeah, let's hope that he's not been a Rob and some other poor, yeah. suspecting woman. Yeah. Cat Brown. Um, she's a Siobhan. Can I just say, I love me some Cat Brown. I know. She's got a great yeah. voice as well, doesn't she? Yeah, well, she's just a great person. And just whilst we're, whilst we're on, on that, I have to say uh, to, to Vicky Cole, who put a message out on the Book of Face saying, she went, oh, Royfield says he loves me a little bit of uh, Vicky Cole. Can she become one of one of my ladies? Well, um, I've I've kind of veered back on this, Lucy. I've gone from saying um, it was veering on some kind of creepy, sexist kind of you know thing to be saying that they're my ladies, like I own yeah. them all, and then I call them the Wonder Women, yeah, uh, because they're they're just what wonderful. What are they now? Uh, Royfield's cooperative of feminists. Uh, no, I've, I've I've gone back. I've, I've unreconstructed uh, caveman. They're my ladies. And okay. she, wants to, she says, can she be part of Royfield's ladies? Yes, you she can. Wants be. Oh. She wants in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, she's back. Right. So, oh, okay. um, um, Cat Brown. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. I don't know. You know. Hello, Dundee Dum. It's Cat Brown here. I should have said last time I called that I am a Siobhan in terms of listening longevity. And while I don't have a Dundee dog, I do have a Dundee cat called Ambridge. I can't think of a better name for the Dumpty Cats at present, but I have faith that another listener will. I'm sorry to call in about the storyline that shall not be named, but I've just caught up with Friday's episode, and what the hell, I'm so frustrated with what is going on with Pat. I've not been convinced by many of the Archer's recent mental health storylines, but Pat's attitude to Helen's clearly recurring anorexia is just unbelievable. If someone close to you suffers from an illness... You are eagle-eyed, usually, for signs of it coming back. And yet here she is, ignoring what she has seen with her own eyes and taking Rob's word. And let's remember, this is a man who's only been on the scene for a couple of years, well after Helen went into recovery. As far as I know, he doesn't have any experience with anybody who's had anorexia or mental health issues. Some people might say, Jess, I just think she was, you know, dealing with having a terrible husband. Um, But I just think at the very least, the Archers clan could have offered him support and made sure he had the resources to look after Helen and know what signs to look out for. And unless that's been really wildly happening off camera, doesn't appear to have happened. 
And it was really lovely to have Jennifer going over to see Helen, but I still don't get why it wasn't Pat. Is somebody glued her to a chair? Is she doing the duct tape challenge that seems to be going around on Twitter? How can she take that man's words so much for granted? And on the phone, especially when she's seen how pale Helen is and how much she's withdrawn from the world. Tom's obliviousness to anything that isn't sausages, yeah, we get that. But Pat is not stupid. And the way Rob spoke to her on Friday should have got her back up. I really hope the scriptwriters buck up their ideas about how they treat mental illness and that Pat is behaving like a decent parent again in time for Mothering Sunday. And while I'm thrilled that everything is going brilliantly in the West End for the actor playing Tony in Goodnight Mr Tom, I just really hope that he can pop back to record some soon. I don't really like Tony, but at this point in time, I just really need somebody to come back and be on Helen's side. She is uh, frustrated with what's going on with Pat Mm -hmm. because... She said, as she rightly points out, if you've had a child that has a condition like anorexia, mm-hmm. you are absolutely alive to its return all the time. I don't imagine there's many days that go by when you're not thinking, I hope that this situation is not, I hope that she's not too stressed or he, I hope that this isn't going to set off anything. I hope, you know, she seems to be good at the moment. I'm really pleased. And then there's any, you know, sort of dip. Why is she not looking? Why is she looking a bit pale? And for for Pat to just absolutely take Rob's word for it, go, oh, all right, then fine, good. When she can hear Helen vomiting in the sink or whatever it was, you know, uh, and then as Witherspoon said, doesn't ring her up. Is mm. Yes, that's a, that is a bit of a, a gigantic plot hole. I agree. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. And it bears little more scrutiny than that because it's just, and as you've said, they live in a village, you know, in terms of everyone's bumping uglies with each other. Yeah. You know, so Pat is going to bump into her daughter frequently. If they were, you know, if they were living in London, fair enough. You know, one Yeah, but hang on, no, hang on, though, because he, he mm. stopped her driving, so she can't go out unless he takes her anywhere. Yeah, they live in a village. She, yeah. she's, Pat's yeah. got legs. Yeah. Unless she hasn't, and we just don't know. <laughs> 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 legless pat uh cosmo good evening to all at dumpty dum and all dumpty dummers cosmo here i am very worried about lillian seeking advice from justin elliott as she has done justin is a large owner of damara a property company which owns a very large chunk of bl which is in partnership with amside in the borchester market development the next stage of the market development needs land which matt put into amside Justin has spotted this in looking through the books. He is not local, so why would he have good knowledge of local land prices as indicated? He is simply trying to get that magic piece of land cheap. Come back, tiger, and rescue your pusscat from the new rip-off merchant in town. Justin's takeover of BL was illegal, and a leopard does not change his spots. I am outraged that Brian is willing to get into bed with him, as he is a far better judge of character. And also, as I covered in the wonderful podcast update what I wrote, when you discussed the Brookfield inheritance last week, and that will eventually raise its ugly head again sometime soon, on that aspect I think that David and Ruth can only make their wills in respect of their active shareholding of the farm. David's siblings will have to pass on their restricted holdings in the farm to their heirs, easy for Shula and Kenton, Lizzie should sensibly leave hers to Lily as Freddie gets or has already got the house and so on. What worries me is that once Pip becomes Mrs Holman and inherits running the farm, if not the sole owner, will programme and be renamed the Holmans. Or unlike Helen, will she keep her own name and bank account? 
about five weeks to go to my next holiday. So bye for now. I got very confused in this call, Cosmo. Mm -hmm. I I experienced similar... I had my accountant talking to me on the phone for 15 minutes the other day. And I experienced very similar feelings uh, listening to your call as I do listening to her call. And I, I, I I set off very gamely and I try and write it down as she's going... And mm. then about two minutes in, I get the theme tune for the magic roundabout in my head. And that's it. It's all <laughs> over. And I've got no idea what she's talking about. And I go, mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. No problem. Yep. No, that sounds great. Thank you so much. And then I go and I just sit there and think, I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. Um, I think it is that Justin, he thinks Justin Elliott is trying to get into Lillian's jodpers because... He wants to get some magic land from Lillian. Mm. Something to do with the housing. And he he did say that he doesn't believe that Justin would know about the local area, property of the local area. But Justin seems to have a finger in many pies and would like mm. to have his finger in Lillian's pie. But I think that um, he seems to sort of know about pretty much every form of business and finance going on in the local area, doesn't he? Um, yeah, you know, and I can't, how exactly was Justin actually introduced to the BL board? De- oh, Demara Capital bought shares, took yeah. it over, something another, yeah. yada, yada, yeah. yada. So, yeah, so it makes sense that he does have some kind of knowledge of the area, even if it's just from, you know, from the sky looking down, so to speak, in terms of property prices going up in this area and mm. Agricultural yields are doing X and Y and Z and blah blah blah. It it does does make sense yeah. because you know he's kind of swung in. Uh, but I, I don't get the board. sense that Justin is is after Lillian for anything other than he quite likes her and that his yeah, own wife me, sounds a bit. Hideous. I I couldn't agree more. It sounds to me pretty kind of genuine. Like they're just kind of getting on. I think Cosmo's maybe jealous. Mm, right, I think Cosmo think would like his finger in Lillian's pie. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know what I'll tell you what I've, again character stuff character stuff mm. so we now know that Lillian is an absolute messy pup isn't she she leaves her dirty underwear all yeah. over the place <laughs> Great oh, bit oh, oh 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 is that something happened and I thought no 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 she said uh, mm. Brian said that she smokes all over the place leaves fags in the kitchen there is no way Jennifer would let Lillian smoke in the kitchen no way. Mm. Lillian didn't even smoke in her own kitchen. She used to go and stand outside at the Dower House. How do I know that, Royfield? That's weird. Anyway, she did, though, because I remember <laughs> her doing it. Yes, you need to get a life, Lucy. I do, don't I? Desperately. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Hi, it's Jacqueline Berto in San Gwen in Brittany. I'm here with my Dumpty Dog, dog Dumpty Dog, Julia, and my Dumpty Diddler, Emily. Although Emily's at that upper age limit because she's 13. I think the same age as Millie Bell's daughter. Um, I thought I'd follow the rules. I don't think I ever had. So I'm going to say I'm a stay-at-home rather elderly mum, but I'm involved in local politics. So I would like to say I'm a professional housewife and an Argo owner. So I'm a bit of a cross between a busybody uh, Linda Snell and a, um, and a Jennifer, darling. Um, I've been listening to The Archers since, well, since I was born, really, but um, really got into it in the 1970s when I was a student. So I'm probably officially an antrobus. Now, I wish they'd just shut up about Brighton. I'm really sick of it. 
Um, I don't want to know any more. I'm with all the others that called in last week. I'm a week behind everybody else. Sorry, it must be the time lapse from here to France, from here to the UK. One of the things that's infuriated me over the last um, year or so is the fact that we get occasional uh, mentions of technology. I'm going to look on the website. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to create a website in some cases. But it doesn't really touch rural life in Ambridge. Whereas here in Sanguen, which is the equivalent of Ambridge because it's um, a very rural farm agricultural village, um, with a massive um, uh, pig production not far away and a, a meat processing plant. and Oh, it sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Oh, you'll see it is lovely when you all come to visit us. But um, our lack of technology is sometimes very frustrating or the fact that we have it and then it goes, it disappears. So we've been off the internet for about five days this last week, but we've also had strikes, a general strike, no post office, the farmers blockading the the uh, road. So it's been a bit of a week here. But I wonder whether the scriptwriters will, in the end, add a bit more kind of savvy technology stuff, not just the vague mentions of odd websites that people are looking up, or... Some frustrations, because that's real life, isn't it? The frustrations with things that don't work um, and all these tractors and things. I know one farmer down the road here has had a major problem because the GPS went wrong. His lines are very wobbly. Anyway, <clears throat> I hope that I'll get to meet some of you soon and that uh, Royfield and I can get together and uh, talk about this, uh, the organisation a bit more. But uh, that's all for now. Uh, au revoir. Yes, Jacqueline Berto who is um, suffering from general strikes. Basically, she's living in England in the 1970s, but in France, so it must be better, I'd imagine. Um, mm -hmm. She says she's got general strikes and everything's going wrong and blah, blah, blah. No electricity and no Wi-Fi and no not electricity, I think. Um, I'll tell you what, Luce. Right? What? One of my first memories is um, the three-day week. Really? And I can remember... So what's that like? Nineteen seventy two, nineteen seventy three. It's one or the other. The three day week because I can remember we had candles on. Like I didn't understand what was going on. Uh, you know the. It was always quite exciting when you got to have candles, wasn't it? Oh no, absolutely, absolutely. You know the lecky meat would run yeah. out, and maybe put another ten pence in it or whatever. But I remember there was no electricity, and we had to put candles on. And of course, as a kid, as you said, it was totally exciting. Yeah, and that is one of my first uh, memories you know properly constructed memories as being a, a little human being on planet earth oh. mm. and i think the 70s are much maligned much maligned and 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 they shouldn't be in so many ways in so many ways <laughs> no seriously okay. i i frequently frequently have this conversation with people you're about oh, those strikes in the 70s and oh, it was all kind of crap it was kind of gray in britain right music from the 70s OK, if you think of this, that decade that could give us um, it could give us disco, it could give us punk, it could give us reggae, it could give us hip hop, it could give us two tone, it could give us glam rock, it could give us prog rock, it could give us um, just sublime pop music like the Eagles. It, you know, it's just in terms of musical richness, there is not a decade actually to surpass the 70s where you could have somebody, you could have T-Rex, Mark Boland, you could have a David Bowie 
And then you could have the jam and you could have um, Grandmaster Flash. It's just a phenomenal decade. And you decade could enjoy them all in the dark. Why in the dark? Because they were power cuts. <laughs> For about a week, Lucy. <laughs> Dead bodies piling up in the streets. It's like the seventies needs you to do its PR for it, and actually, to for people to realise it was this was a great decade. It's a decade really where women seriously started to make strides uh, in terms of the workforce, and we they still have a way to go. But all of that stuff really seriously happens in in the seventies. You know, it's uh, an era where I think modern Britain is truly formed. And, and you see that in music, whereby you have two-tone, which is young white working class kids with young black British working class kids as a new kind of British um, identity to say that to be English or British isn't just to be monoculturally white. I could go on and on and on. The 70s. Why don't you, you do some on, on the 70s? On on. I am. It's my... <laughs> Bloody podcast, and if I <laughs> want to have a tangent, I it's will. It's the Reef Lecture. <laughs> it's the Royf Lecture. That's what we're having. Oh, it's, just, it's just this the thing 70s about the 70s being decade. sad. And I just well, think, I thought no. they were crap, and the clothes were horrible. But I, I wasn't... In, I was... I was um, I was only... I was born in 1972, so I don't remember very much. But before. even that, right, on the clothes thing. Mm. And this is another thing about the pace of music and social change of the 70s it was so rapid so we think 70s and we think bell bottoms maybe like a 24 month period in the mid uh, early to mid 70s by the end of the 70s 70s fashion is looking pretty cool again Mm. you know you look at the specials and the way that they dressed pretty sharp even now Mm. maybe no maybe about it anyway moving swiftly on has that answered that listener's call? Who, 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 it was, was it Jacqueline Berto, and okay. she wasn't saying anything about England in the 70s, but thanks. Um, she wanted to talk about... <laughs> Why wasn't she? Because she... <laughs> she knew she'd set off, she'd trigger the Reef Lecture, that's why, the Reef Lecture. Um, she said, why hasn't, um, why hasn't Ambridge got more savvy technology? Well, Jacqueline, I am still woken up at night screaming remembering that horrendous period when Brenda never opened her mouth without having to lecture somebody on social media, um, which was just too excruciating for words, really. It was, it, every, it was like whole episodes were devoted to her lecturing everyone, every, lecturing Tom on how to do Twitter on his damn pigs and mm. sausages and all that bollocks. So it was hideous. So I'm very glad that is not happening anymore. I don't want them twi- to have any Twitter more Twitter for dishcloths is bollocks. Certainly not. Good. Right. <clears throat> um, <laughs> dishcloths need a voice, Royfield. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener, with another cold, so I hope you can hear me. Um, I got a bit confused about uh, where Royfield said he'd put the categories, um, but Yokel Bear and I had a chat on Twitter, and I think we're from the Aunt Laura colonel danby era era and possibly earlier i'm ringing about no i'm not i'm speaking about the idea that yokel bear had 
um, listening to the podcast and editing out all the Rob and Helen bits. And I thought, what a sound idea that was. I usually listen on the proper radio, so unfortunately I have to sort of put up with a lot of it, really. But just thinking about what I would normally be engaging with at this time of year, I would be waiting... Um, with uh, mixed enthusiasm about the Ambridge Pancake Day race and uh, the the very funny routines that would bring, I would be getting very shouty about Lent. Um, I don't think anywhere in the country, and I speak as someone who goes to church, I don't think anywhere in the country does Lent with quite the mindless enthusiasm that Ambridge do it um, and I would be starting to get excited about the possibility of the Ambridge Maypole. I think um, we should have a Maypole scenario with the button girls doing their thing and it should be at about now somebody realises they can't remember where they put the Ambridge Maypole. So I would love all of that without having to worry about um, Rob and Helen. Dusty okay. Substances, who clearly has the wrong sort of germs. She sounds awful. I hope you get better mm-hmm. soon, Dusty. Um, my mum says thank you for the advice about the squirrels, by the way. This okay. is the only podcast in the world where you'd say thank you for the advice about the squirrels' dusty substances. Um, she's Aunt Laura Colonel Danby. That's her era. Um, and yes, well, now I am not a church-going woman. Mm. Uh, I am aware of... That of... explains a lot, Lucy. <laughs> that <laughs> really does. <laughs> I am aware of the... Um... Uh, the, the, the obviously the, the the festivals, but I thought I couldn't mm. understand how Lent. Everybody in Ambridge, I was going to say, does Lent religiously. Ha ha ha! Everybody in Ambridge is so keen on Lent, and I don't really know many people at all who give stuff up for Lent. Possibly because we're all so mm. flipping solipsistic now, we give up everything all the time just because we want to live forever. Um, and it's all about health and you know end, endless youth. But yes, they are. I mean, every it's kind of become a bit of a story peg, hasn't it? Somebody yes. giving up, you know, Shula struggling, giving up chocolate. Um, um, and then Kenton and Jolene having the row about the Easter eggs because he'd bought her well, an Easter egg and she'd ate it or something. We round. talked about this briefly last year at the same time. And the Ambridge, in many ways, is an idealised English, in inverted commas, uh, or is that just a parenthesis or is that just chiselled into stone? English village, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's idealised, whereby still a significant proportion of the population goes to church and obeys uh, church festivals and rituals. And being somebody who's never lived in the English countryside, to me, um, it doesn't ring as being true. But I thought last year you said that, um, you know, the rhythms of the English church do still you know, massively imprint on a, you know, a regular yeah. English village. Yeah. So it would make some form But of not sense. Lent. But, I mean, Harvest Festival, in rural communities, Harvest Festivals, uh, Christmas, yeah. all that sort of thing. Well, that's um, a big deal in kind of junior yes. primary schools, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But you, you know, Lent, the giving bringing of your tin of Lent. baked beans. Yes. Harvest Festival. Yes. And everything sits in the church and goes off. And also, she's right. It is about now, generally, that they realise they can't find something, isn't it? Maybe the maypole has run away with the bunting and the village hall curtains. Uh, <laughs> that's all I can imagine. And with the, with your question about Jess, 
Mm. I would suggest that. I just remember, and I keep coming back to, you know, why on earth would Jess want want to have fought for Rob when when he's such an odious man but a she wasn't fighting for him she was fighting to make him pay for her child because she wanted revenge on him because of the way he behaved and she did say that weird thing to um that's not quite true lucy there and somebody some listener correct me if i'm wrong but when he goes off with helen number one she followed him to Ambridge. No, but yeah, but that's what I was about to say. She she said that thing to Helen about when he look when he is with you, he makes you feel like the only woman in the world and all that stuff. Mm. You know, but clearly maybe she was a different sort of character to Helen and wouldn't let him do that because she was mm. definitely not as you know under the thumb as as Helen. Or Matty is Helen. No. Yeah, no, that that is true. Well, it's not dormatty; it's bullied, isn't it? I mean, she's not as as. No, but the, but there is something incredibly fragile yeah. about Helen. Yeah. When she walks into any relationship. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. Oh, poor Helen. Yeah. No. Absolutely. <sighs> oh. But, and and just just whilst we're on this, not that I know anything about anything. This is uh, frequently self evident on this podcast every week, <laughs> but. This type of narcissistic bully that, that Rob is, don't they normally go for vulnerable women? Yes. Because you're, yeah. you're completely right that Jess, the Jess that we've had snippets of, didn't a- appear to be at all vulnerable. No. But then he did say, and I don't know whether I'm being too psychotherapy-ish here, but he did say that his mother adored Jess. And he is the kind of person that would want to have a trophy wife a kind of a you know and and if mummy had approved that might have sort of um uh papered over the 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 cracks of her inadequacies as as uh suitably uh having suitably low self-esteem maybe that's what swung it Mm. don't know who knows the man's an ass (sighs) right uh we've had hemela inneras sean brown father of annie brown who Ooh, yes. took the role of uh, Tilly Button. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, Re Matthew and Pip, I have to admit to not having read Fifty Shades, but I've never called it, I've never heard it called an after-dinner mint. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, his plot suggestion is that Lord Justin of Elliot is, marries Lillian, moves into the Dower House and then buys gay grables because he said there's only room for one 19th century plummy accent in Ambridge. So <laughs> we, we lose Oliver and we gain Justin. Mm. Could happen. I do think that there's a, but also something that I quite cheered me about Lillian and um, mm. and uh, Justin. Justin is that Lillian is not being silly this time, and she is just taking it at face value that she, you know, she said, "Oh, we we get on quite well," and that's it. She's not, you know, throwing her hat over the windmill um, and being and being ridiculous <laughs> and girly about about uh, Justin. She just says, "Yeah, he's a nice chap, and we get on well," and that's it. Um, and it seems to be coming from his side, not hers for once. She's not, you know, running around and screaming, which is a good, which is progress for poor old Lillian. Uh, Mrs. Bubbles uh, mm. said, wasn't it interesting how the fair brethren have a whole discussion about how vital it is to ask Pip for her advice on their next venture? Yet when she provides that advice, they don't like it and declare that they have no intention of following it. <laughs> Very true. 
Yeah, but to be fair, that's kind of just about everybody who's an entrepreneur yeah. in business. Yeah. You only actually seek out advice if it's actually going to validate what you believe anyway. Yes. And you and you, you know, just discount it if it flies in the face of actually what you yeah. want to do. And as she said, it will all go wrong. They'll all be eaten by foxes. And she said, then they will say how unlucky they are and how could they possibly have known? Um, but it doesn't matter because daddy's <laughs> money will prop them up. So no doubt they will live to farm again. Um, and Carrie Flanagan uh, <laughs> said that she is an American who uh, is, is living in Northern Ireland. And she said um, she really enjoyed the, um, the, the, the the chat from San Francisco. Uh, and it was really interesting perspectives on, on Ambridge. And she said, it's really nice to know that there are archersites everywhere. Oh, yes. Mm. There is no That's getting away. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. From them. I tell you what's been lovely. And as who well. would want to? Well, yes. What? Well, not that it's lovely, but uh, well, just that on the Twitters, there's been at least two, if not three, people who said, "Oh my God, you were in San Francisco. This was going on, and I didn't know the next yeah, time I saw I'm that, so yeah. going to be there." So you know, the more the merrier, is what I say. Do you know? Oh, I need to do something as well. I need to say a awesome. little thing. Um, I was very sad this week because Terry Wogan died, mm-hmm. and a lot of our overseas listeners won't know who the hell he is he was a very um people mis misinterpreted him as being cozy he wasn't very cozy he was a dj um but what he did was he was a huge fan of kind of whimsical humor and english or british eccentricity he was an irish comedian uh, yeah. irish uh, uh, dj and um one of my earliest memories is sitting in the back of the car listening with my mum and her listening to Terry Wogan on Radio 2 and her laughing. And it was some ridiculous thing that a listener would ring, would phone, would write in with some nonsense idea. And then this would get sort of seized upon and then extrapolated to some ludicrous conclusion by all the listeners. Mm-hmm. And it really, that sort of, and I thought how lovely to have a, to have a programme where people 
go into your imagination and they go they they take it with them somewhere else and they kind of get what you they can see what you can see in your head and 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 it makes them laugh and then they want to join in and in a very small way i think we've got a similar thing and it's an absolutely lovely feeling and um yeah so it just i, I was I was very, very uh, sad to hear that he'd died because I thought he was absolutely brilliant and I thought nobody comes close to his relationship with his listeners was just incredible. Um, but yeah, I thought uh, I thought it was nice that we've kind of carried on that tradition of eccentricity. Hoorah for us and yeah. hoorah for him. Yes, not RIP, hoorah in a nice way. Mm. Right, should we do Tweets of the Week? Mm. After some camp coffee... So it's advertisement time. It's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes. How Jamaica conquered the world. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcast -dom. Search for it today. Deutsche Volk. Seit der Reichsgründung ist es durch 1914, June, Sarajevo, the heir to the throne of Austria-Hungary, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, world war breaks out. Germany, Austria-Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August. And then, will America be drawn in? Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths offer you... Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. They've got no tracksuits, but they do do t-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. G'day everyone. This week we asked you if you had any thoughts on Rob reducing the Bridge Farm sausage order. Uh, I have to give a special comment to Philip Townley who said he's the worst. I guess someone had to say it. Uh, Vicky Barry said I just read thoughts on Bob reducing the Bridge Farm sausage order out to people at work. Harumph, it's far too early in the morning to be facing the wall of abuse that came back, Philistines. <laughs> Dave Harding said, no, Rob is wrong. The only way to make a profit is to sell more stock. The quickest way to bankruptcy is to order less. If the sales are that bad, then Rob should have brought the matter up at the business meeting that he great crashed last week and not just sprung the matter on Tom on a Sunday morning just before fleecing Adam out of seven quid for a pa packet of biscuits. <laughs> Uh, Ewan Phillips said Fallon did say Tom's sausages had been selling well in the cafe, so that suggests that Rob is pulling a fast one. 
Dave Harding said bridge farm products really shouldn't be going out of date. If stock does get close to sell by, then it should be passed to the tea rooms as they should be able to use them far quicker. And I guess that was really my thought and uh, we had a number of amusing uh, responses to that and if you would like to see more then I suggest you head over to our Facebook page. Uh, I also asked for guesses on who will move into the Dower House and uh, it looks as though that may have uh, resolved itself during the week and Cara Littlewood Poirier said Justin and I see a saucy romp with Lillian in his future. How very prescient Cara. Victoria Hogan agrees and said, unfortunately, boring repetition of Matt, always mentioning Irving doors prior to shaking her off. Mark Everden said, Justin shacked up with Lillian. Could you imagine the house warming? <laughs> uh, Fiona Griffin and said, Oliver and Caroline, while they wait for Grange Farm to be degrunded. What a brilliant word. I'm so using that. Sarah Charlie Harding said, Daryl, he made his millions finally and wants to live it up a bit. Mm. <laughs> um, and Ruth Simpson said, Justin, the ageing Lothario. Those pe- these people did get in before we knew it was Justin. Uh, some people like Guy Labrup were suggesting Lillian might move back in. Um, and Andrea Melling suggested Adam and Charlie. We also had some absolutely fabulous really fabulous shots of um, our dumpty dogs so if you like pictures of dogs and they really are some gorgeous ones I suggest you scoot over to the Facebook page because I can't describe them here and we also asked uh, whether anybody else had realized because I honestly hadn't realized this that uh, Emma had felt so threatened by Kirsty and the general feeling is seems to be that Emma is very good with males, not so good with females, and really feels easily threatened. Um, Rachel Louise said it was very much in character. She probably didn't have an issue previously, but felt threatened by her joining in. Uh, Ewan Phillips says there's obviously a bit of a class thing going on too. The comment about Pino Grigio. She feels threatened that Kirsty will bust in on her and Fallon's business venture, which is fair enough, I think. Um, and Andrea Melling said Emma is threatened by any other female. She's one of those women who manipulate men and are hostile to other women who she views as rivals. That's a bit sad, isn't it? So until next week, everyone, keep busy on Facebook and on our forum. Hooroo! Can I just say, Lucy? Yes? That i tell you who doesn't get enough kind of plaudits for all of her work, is one Miss Millie Bell. No, she doesn't, I know. I have a twinge of guilt every time we go to Millie Bell. (laughs) Sorry, Millie. And it's uh, not a massive... uh, It's not too far away from what you were saying before the break, is that uh, there's this kind of community of listeners and it's kind of the British eccentricity. And... um, here we go, dear listener. Um, the communication between uh, Lucy and I and, and Miss Millie Bell is literally kind of zero in the, in the nicest possible way. She gets on and does this for the love of uh, the archers and Dumpty Dum, and she's doing an amazing job in helping us to foster this community with all of her work on the Book of Face. And she has, um, obviously she was born in the UK, but now she's the other side of the planet. And um, to say that, uh, Ambridge is a village and we and now we kind of exemplify kind of the global village is somewhat kind of trite but I just think that Millie Bell I'm gonna I'm gonna do this yeah me too Stand up. 
and, and applause because um, we don't thank you enough for all of your hard work. And, um, you know, and, and there you go. I've said it and no doubt on the 100th show I'll say it again. But I just wanted to say that because it was, I was just, I was, I was lying in my bed, Lucy, one day last week. And I just shot up upright and I thought, we just don't thank you enough. So there you go. We're going to have to do a special show at some point where we, it's all about Millie Bell. We're going to have to do that. Now it's hashtag the Archie's Sweets of the Week. John Porter, pie and a pint. Mm. Uh, look at the size of you, a new diet book by R. Titchener. The sequel to <laughs> It's Not My Baby and Culvert Blocking Made Simple. <laughs> um, Julia Lee who said, mm. the only thing that's comforting me is that it is very easy to dispose of a body on a pig farm. Yes. I just imagine his overall leg poking out, or tweedy little sticky leg poking out of a pig trough. Um, Denise Tomlinson, who is Dusty Substances. Perhaps Tichinob could give up breathing for Lent. Yes, that would be good. Hinge <laughs> Zandal. So Lillian, what first attracted you to the millionaire, Justin Elliott? And Stephen Perkins, who has used a phrase... That I've never heard before, but I will be using henceforth on an hourly, if not minute by minute basis. Given how clumsy Toby is around Pip, I refuse to believe that any woman has ever offered him more than upstairs outsideies. Yes. Tweet of the week that was. Hoorah. Well done, Stephen Perkins. That made me laugh like a drain a lot. Me too. That was good. We are oh, rapidly. Should we, should, we telling, should we be telling people about the thing that Derek sorted out? Oh yes, go on. Go, Derek go, go. has had a fit of uh, enthusiasm and proactivity, which is very unlike him. Probably because he can't get countdown on the TV anymore. So he has decided to book <laughs> the BBC Club for us. <gasps> I can't tell you how. Every time I say these words, my stomach sort of dissolves in a mass of diarrhoea adrenaline. Um, we're going to be doing a dumpty dum in front of a live studio audience at the BBC Club, which is in W1A, London, uh, on the 7th of March. 7 till 10. Uh, you have if to you register. You be there. Yes. Obvs. Um, and, the, and the other Lucy Freeman. Yes trapped in the revolving door do you know that happened to me the other day and i thought the irony of this that i am actually going to be the lucy freeman that is trapped in the revolving <laughs> door um uh so yeah uh it we we're gonna we're still gonna have the caller in us but mm-hmm. we will play the calls out to the audience so everyone can hear the calls and then we'll have a little chat about them uh and um uh derek will be recording it uh with his uh, spectacular equipment um, and <laughs> Roy will then edit it and, and, and put it out but the audience will be live if any of you turn up it will be live and, and, and it will be then be lost to all yes. the sundry yeah absolutely um, but so we're not how, broadcasting so it live go, Lucy, how, how do they kind of um, like it's ticketed so because of Ooh. security and stuff you actually have to register uh, to make sure that you're not going to rush in and attempt to assassinate Sue Lawley. So um, we will... <laughs> we will um, uh, Haven't put... they put right to pasture? Probably, yes. Mm-hmm. No, because she introduced the Wreath Lecture this year. Did she? Yeah, she introduced Stephen Hawking. Um, 
yeah so the, it goes on uh, it'll go on our website uh, how to get tickets and then you do that so that's good and please come otherwise we will feel a bit stupid sitting in the theater all by ourselves i think there is room theater okay go on yeah it, I, I think there's there's good. there's room for 70 people good grief i know when, when he told me this? i said oh thank you and then sat in my chair <laughs> rocking backwards and forwards and primal screaming um the 7th of march and what day of the week is that it's a monday crumbs why Whew. can you right, make no, it no, no. <laughs> i'm gonna be completely stuffed if you can't make it <laughs> so i'm sorry it's london again guys but um it's quite it's very it's just very tricky to to not do it in london to be honest because we are both in london and so is derek and so it's, it's a venue that can be used rapidly and and, and is sort of willing show, to be used shows for derek's equipment that's also in london yep mm. yeah and he can't be hauling that up the m11 right <laughs> just just whilst we're on this mm. uh point um before uh my attention deficit uh disorder brain uh completely forgets this thought um if and i know there are a few dumpty dumps if there are a few dumpty dumps uh in new york and if they were so inclined to potentially do something round about may time i wouldn't be adverse to finding myself in manhattan or brooklyn in may time that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying you basically youth hostel through Dumpty Dum, don't you? I'm not saying I want to sleep at their houses. Yes, you are. You're on no, a gap not. year. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's just, it's about You're interrailing time. on Dumpty no. Dum. You're really saying your age, interrailing. <laughs> right? Do they not do that anymore? Does the Orange <laughs> Express not go? <laughs> I'm just saying, right, I'm kind of have this loose plan in my head that... All um, your plans are loose. That's very true. Just a bit like this podcast. Yeah. And that's been a rip-roaring success. So don't knock loose plans. <laughs> I haven't been to New York for about five years. And I'm thinking, mm, round about May time, I should really go again. It'd be really cool just to meet up. I don't need to stop in anyone's house, on anyone's city. That's fine. I can Airbnb. Right. So, so just no to one confirm, needs to put me up. Royfield is looking for a bed in New York oh, in good. May. Okay. The absolute opposite to what I've just said. <laughs> but anyway, so New York Dumpty Dummers, I'll leave the ball in your court. I think it's just about the end of the show. So what should we crack on about with now? <laughs> Articles on the website, dumptydum.com. Uh, yeah. Comment on shows. You can message other listeners and call in us directly. Um, that type of thing. Yeah. Great. All right. Millie Bell is going to start a round of, of forum news uh, to go in with the kind of book of face dumbly dum news uh, and uh, and that post was on dumbledum.com so there you go so there are things that are happening in the dumbly dum universe that you can only get hold of and know of first off if you go to dumbledum.com so go there um, now in shop news uh, this is the bit that uh, Lucy absolutely loves, especially when we go through the minutiae of who's bought what. And what for size, food. yes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> T-shirt extra large for Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> of 
Auckland's stuff. Yeah, yeah. Shortly, <laughs> Laura from Marin County is going to take over the running of the store. So expect Ooh. exciting news soon. What? I'm excited. Mm, that was my excited too. face. Because it just means I won't have to worry about it and keep forgetting stuff. Yeah. Uh, over to you now, Lucy. News, news, news of reviews. We have an international smorgasbord of reviews this week. Can't read fed up from the frozen north. Miss Joanna from also from Canada land. From the colony that got away, brown dog PWM. From Blighty, three kids, one cat. Uh, Jack Cuzzy. Splogget. And... Titian 73. Who came along to our do, did old Titian 73. Um, and then from the land of barbers and creeping republicism, we have a review from... PSNAU. Thank you for your reviews. It's really good that um, we put out this kind of call to everybody saying that iTunes reviews are super duper important, but they are because it pushes up the iTunes charts. And uh, and that's all a good thing. So please, if you haven't written a review for us, uh, please go onto iTunes and please write a review and get your name um, on the end of the show. And, and next week we will present the extensive roll call of Dumpty Dogs. But first... The last two weeks have also seen an avalanche of love for the show in forms of donations. And if you want to help keep our little show on the road, there are a couple of ways this can be done. Go to patreon.com forward slash Dumpty Dum and find us to support the show for $2. Or if you want to simply donate, you can go to dumptydum.com and hit the donate button on the site. On the forum, there is a post... Which says 100 Club Meetup. Vicky from Cambridge, who wants listeners to add venues to where they would like to meet for the 100th episode. She kicks things off by saying that... Cambridge, England, The Flying Pig, Hills Road, 7pm Thursday, after the 100th podcast. Mrs Bobble says she would also be very happy to meet pretty much anywhere in Sydney, as there will probably be only one or two others. I will wait to see where you come back with before suggesting a place. So please post if you're interested in a Sydney meetup. That is Sydney, Australia, not Sydney, Bedfordshire or anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Remember, you can get in contact with us. Uh, You can do that by sending us a voice message via our website on Speedpipe. It's a little red tabby thing. Or you can call us on 02030313105 to leave us a telephonic message if you can't speak pipe. Or you can find us on the Twitters where we're at Dumdy Dum. Or you can tweet me or I'm at Royfield. Me at Lucy V. Freeman or Sarah Smith at Sarah underscore Smith. And finally, you can find us on the Book of Face where we are Dumpty Dum and we have 927 Lyca Lurkers. Remember, folks, if you want to get to 1,000 by our 100th show, which is in six weeks' time. And my stomach's just gone again. <laughs> oh. Ah! Oh. Perfect time to finish the show. I'm going um, to be on Valium by the 6th of, 7th of March. Name Nora. Well, I'm surprised, Lucy V. Freeman, you've been so reticent uh, to uh, perform in public that you want to perform not only in public, but at the, uh, the BBC Club. What do you mean reticent about? Performing in public. Oh, come on, you get all funny. Like, oh, will people like me? Will, well, <laughs> first I said, will people come? Do people even listen to the podcast? Will people like me? Will I be wearing the right frock for the occasion? <laughs> you know, it's all of that nonsense. When it started, it, it, <laughs> you poor boy. It sort of starts <laughs> off with, hey, no one will come. And then, oh my God, they're coming. Now, now they'll hate it. And then, all right, well. So if they don't, they don't hate it, then they might just hate me. And then, yes, and then on we go. So the long day wears on. Mm. <sighs> Deep breaths, loose. <sighs>
I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. I'm super duper looking forward to it. And on that note, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Mary, not contrary, in Toronto. I'll start off by saying I am a Mark. That means the first thing I remember hearing on the Archers was the death of Mark Hebton in 1994. So because I can just about remember that character, I believe that according to the Dumpty Dum classification of different vintages of Archers listeners, I'm a Mark. Pretty sure I did actually give that story about how I got to know the Archers the first time I called Dumpty Dum, which was round about episode three. But I don't want to fall foul of Lucy and Royfield's new rules, so I'll say it again that I'm a mark. What I'd like to talk about today is my frustration that various people who have different pieces of the jigsaw puzzle that is Rob's treatment of Helen don't seem to be able to put those pieces together because of constant interruptions. So Helen and Kirsty, um, when Helen was at the spa and seemed to be on the verge of opening up to Kirsty, they were interrupted by Rob calling. And then Fallon, we know, saw Helen, was with Helen when she broke down in front of Clary and Susan um, and then brushed it off. And then so later, Fallon and Kirsty were chatting in the tea room. And again, they seemed to be about to connect different parts of the Helen story, but they were interrupted by Tom. And of course, that you know caused all kinds of other trains of thought for Kirsty. So, and then when Fallon, Emma and Kirsty were catering the wedding together, Kirsty had tried to call Helen, said to Emma, maybe she can't call me back, maybe she's not allowed to call me back, something along those lines. And before that thought could be taken any further, Fallon interrupted Emma and Kirsty. I'm just hoping that the women who kind of hold the different pieces of the puzzle of Helen can kind of get together, have some uninterrupted time to really work through all of the different things they've seen I don't really know how to engineer those circumstances, but I really hope it happens soon. Good day. It's Millie Bell here. I've uh, called this in as a separate call because it's not really part of my Dumpty Dum Facebook roundup. Uh, this is another page on Facebook that I just wanted to draw your attention to. It's called the Tim Watson Appreciation Group. And it seems to have started about a week ago, and it already has 360 members. I just thought I'd bring it to your attention because that's quite uh, quite one of the fastest-growing Archer's pages I've ever seen, uh, apart from when the original page disbanded and three groups set up. Interesting in that the people who have set it up obviously want to differentiate between the excellent Tim Watson, the actor, and the part that he plays in The Archer's of Rob Titchener, uh, if you are interested in joining it, I'm sure that you can. Uh, I think that the original belief that uh, Tim Watson had to leave social media because he was being harangued over his part as Rob Titchener was a big beat-up. I don't think that that's necessarily accurate. But nevertheless, those of us who uh, enjoy The Archers realise that the part of Rob is being played exceptionally well. It's not an easy part to play because there are so many subtle nuances. So if you're interested, uh, scoot across. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market. And um, I'm not sure if you have to apply to join in, but you can look for it and uh, enjoy talking about Tim Watson and his many roles uh, across lots of uh, performing platforms. Hooroo!